right. Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of our podcast, Paint, Paper and Pellets. Paint, uh, my Paper and Pellets. Uh, yes. I was like, did, did I say this wrong? This is what we thought out, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what we said. Paint, Paper and Pellets. Paint, Paper and Pellets. All right, I'm Caitlin Bongers and I'm here with Izzy. Hello. Uh, and today we wanted to talk a little bit about how we began our art journey. Maybe that you guys get to know us a little bit better. And uh, also me and Izzy get to know each other a little bit better. And we also wanted to talk about a little bit uh, how, like the, the difficulties that we had when we started. Maybe we can help you guys. And we just wanted to have like a casual conversation. Uh, we'll try to stay on topic, but we'll see. This is the first time we're doing this both. Uh, we cannot promise anything. <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be something interesting, at least. Uh, so I'm Caitlin. Maybe you know me because this is my YouTube channel. I am an illustrator, but I'm also a ceramicist. I make ceramic watercolor palettes and that's how I met Izzy. Uh, Izzy, you make paint. I actually I don't do. remember at all how I found you. I have, do you remember? Uh, how did I found you? I think it was when Studio Creative Clouds was starting using your palettes. And of course, me and her were already followers from each other. And then I was like, ooh, ceramics, handmade, nice. I'm gonna check it out. And, and that's how I found you. I, I think that could be like uh, Cindy Stu Studio Creative Clouds is one of the first watercolor paint makers that I, I followed. Really? And maybe also, yeah, and maybe also Claire. I think I found Claire quite early on. Ah, I think she actually like shared my work and then I was like, oh my God, this, this watercolor maker shared my work. <laughs> this huge account just shared my work. <laughs> yes. It's like, I have 14 new followers. <laughs> Thanks to it this works. person who shared my work. <laughs> I remember seeing your palettes and I think you started out. I don't, I think it were the moon palettes that I saw first. Yeah. That's, that's like the first palettes that I made because I really had this idea in my mind oh, for a very long time. They are so good. I was, I immediately fell in love with them. I'm like, I want to have these. I still make them. I actually made some for my shop update uh, that I'm going to do next week. They are so good. I, I, I still make moon palettes. Like it's been more than two years. Wow. I even remember that I missed out on your first shop update that I knew you. Uh, mm -hmm. And I missed out because it, everyone was like raving about these moon palettes. And I was like, yeah, the oh, moon I'm so sad. I missed some out. <laughs> I have to wait. Yeah. And especially back then, I I think I was like the only European maker that made uh, ceramic palettes. Or I think there were some others that made ceramic palettes. But I was the only one that made moon palettes in Europe. I uh, think so. Yes. Yeah. I think there were like three other makers in in. America and, and somewhere else that made pellets, but I was the only one in Europe. So in the beginning, I would have like 10 moon pellets and they would be gone like in the first few minutes. I know it went so fast. And then you came with the pink ones. Oh, girl, those were even better. <laughs> and you know, that was an accident, right? The pink ones. Really? Yeah, because uh, I actually had like a crackling glaze that was supposed to be white. And then something went wrong in the kiln and they all turned out pink. Oh, it was a happy accident. It was a happy accident. And they wow. were still crackling. 
but especially because I was like a beginner, I, I didn't know how my glazes would react on top of each other. So sometimes I would do something and something would happen that I didn't expect. And I think that was something that I really like about being a beginner in something mm-hmm. is that sometimes you do something and you don't expect a result. And uh, I think for a lot of people that can be a bad thing that you, especially when you're working with, with, with illustration, you want a certain effect, you're trying to create something and it doesn't work out like you think it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but then if you have like a different mindset about it, sometimes you can be like, Exactly. Oh, well, this is different, but it's still pretty cool, right? Like those like those happy accidents. Yeah. Have you had that with, with paints? I mean, probably, right? Where you made a paint and you thought it was going to be like a certain color. A or... lot. Every time. I like to experiment a lot. And I, I, I upload, at least I show a lot of my followers what I do when I'm experimenting, but mostly I'm just in my zone and just smacking pigments together and I'm thinking of a certain outcome and then totally comes, it comes out as a totally different color. Like last time I smashed some blues and some browns together thinking it would be like a moody gray, but then the colors started separating and then I had the brown with blue spots and I thought, God, this is really ugly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I created I created a poll like, hey, everyone, I think it's a really strange uh, combination, the brown and the, and the bright blue. Um, but what do you guys think? And everyone was like raving about it. And I was actually shocked. Like, what? <laughs> you like this? And I got messages like, yeah, it is. And I got messages as people asking, oh, is this going to be a new color? Are you going to sell it? And I'm like, well, you know, if, if you want, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could. But, you know, with paint, it's very easy and very quick to experiment. And you see, like, results almost immediately. But I think with ceramics, it's a bit, you need to wait a while, right? I mean, how, how does it work if you're experimenting? Yeah, I think that like the, the biggest experimentation uh, happens, of course, with the glazes. I also try to yeah. experiment when I'm building a new palette or when I'm, I do a lot of experimentation with carving to see uh, what kind of effects I can get. But with the carving, it's more straightforward because you carve something and then you're going to put it in the oven and it's going to come out exactly the same. So it's not really yeah. that much experimentation. Um, but now, for example, I've been doing some carving and I want my designs to pop out. And then when I put on the glaze, sometimes the designs kind of falls away because mm-hmm. the glaze covers too much of the carving. Mm. Uh, so that's like a problem that I've been having lately. But then I still get those comments like, oh, I really like that there's like this subtlety and that you see the foxes in the carvings. And, and then I feel like, oh, this has been a failure. Mm, exactly, and yeah. other people still really like they it. They love it. it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, so that's it's, really it's interesting. It's good to share. Definitely. Uh, sometimes I feel like, like, of course, sharing your art is a whole different topic we can talk about. But, but sharing your art sometimes comes with this... Uh, insecurity that you feel like your art maybe isn't good enough or that you don't get a lot of attention for what you made. But when you share something that you're not sure about, 
uh, sometimes the positive feedback that you get will help you feel better about the mistakes that you made. Yes. Yes, but you just have to get over that point of not uploading. Mm -hmm. And I have that difficulty a lot with my artwork. Not so much with my paint, but my actually artwork. Um, And I think it's because when I look at it for too long, I'm going to hate it. I absolutely hate it. I really have to put it away and maybe forget it for a couple of days um, before I can look at it again and think, okay, I can do something with that. And I'm afraid to upload. But when I upload, I get all this positive feedback and it feels really, really good. Mm -hmm. But it's just in in your head. And for how long have you been painting now? Like for how long have you been doing art? I've, all my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but actually, I, I went truly into watercolors um, before COVID, I think, 2019. Um, that was a really rough year for me. And I found watercolors. Um, watercolors is a medium that it's very hard to control. But that is also yeah. the thing I love about watercolors. It's the flow and you don't really know how it's gonna dry if you mm-hmm. messed up you also you only know if you messed up when it's dry right <laughs> yeah so i've been doing that f- since 2019 um and i'm a kind of person who can obsess about a certain medium so when i went into watercolors i bought every brand i could find every color that i could find until my husband said you buy too many watercolor paints which i think doesn't exist you can never have too much watercolor <laughs> paint right and then in a in a weird uh weird mindset i told him you know what i'm gonna make my own and that is how my paint making journey began um, but on the side i kept painting and painting and painting but because i got up- obsessed again with making the paint itself you kind of lose yourself into creating art even with your own paints, I kind of forget that I have my own paints. Mm-hmm. So I buy from other uh, artists or, or from other makers to support them. And I love their paints. Um, but then I find myself never painting with them, which is sad. Yeah, so... You have this kind of uh, uh, like, this is what a lot of people say, that collecting art supplies is a different hobby than painting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least when that you're collecting... True. Watercolor paints like the tubes are this big, so it doesn't take a lot of space. With me, with my problem with collecting sketchbooks, they take so much space. You shared them. Oh my god! First, I was like, "This is heaven." I love no, it's, that she it's, has this it's huge collection of of sketchbooks. And then you told me, "No, it's hell. I don't use them." No, it's, blah blah blah. It's terrible. And I was thinking, "Oh shit, she got some expensive etcher sketchbooks in there. I hope she uses them before the sizing goes bad." <laughs> Yeah, probably not. I, I mean, I remember talking to you about the Etcher Lab sketchbooks that you wanted to try them out. And I already yeah. said, oh, I have some in my closet that yeah. I haven't used you for years. You sent me one. <laughs> Which I is still, still good, by the way. Them. It's still good, by the way. Uh, yeah, they're still very, very good. And I was very surprised with them. And that is when I fell in love with the Etcher sketchbooks. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do paint a lot, but I don't upload a lot. <laughs> I think uh, because 
I I have been drawing all my life. I remember that when I was very little, uh, because my mom is an artist, um, she would put me on drawing classes. And I remember having drawing classes at our vacation place in Finland. Oh, cool. Uh, so, so I had like a lot of drawing classes. And then at a certain point, I... I, I really liked it, but I didn't believe it was a viable career option. So I started being like less and less interested in it. And people around me would say, yeah, you can you cannot do drawing for a living. That's not a oh. thing that people do. And then I stopped drawing for like a lot of years. And then at a certain point, I was feeling like really depressed. I was fe- in a very, very bad place. And I started... A drawing again this was in 2018 i believe so i started drawing again and then i was like okay but i actually want to do this and i know that everybody is saying that i cannot do art for a living but i i'm very privileged i live in the netherlands i have parents with a great job i have a support system around me i can decide to become an artist and if i fail I will know that I will still have a place that I can come back to. Like yeah. if I fail and never make any money with my art, I know it's fairly easy for me to get a different job. And I can also always come back to my parents. So I just yeah. said like, okay, but this is really important to me. So I'm going to give my all and I'm going to try. So that's yeah. how I started and Because I have been like, during my teenage years, I I said like the whole time, oh, I want to do art. No, I I don't think I can do art. I'm not good enough. And then I Mm. would quit. And then later I would say, no, actually I want to do art. And Mm. then a couple of months later I would say, no, no, I don't think I can do this. So maybe I should just stop. And then at this point- Oh, must be really hard. And at this point in 2018, I said like, okay, I'm gonna do this and I'm not gonna stop. Yeah. And maybe in like 10 years, if I'm still not there, then maybe I'll stop. (laughs) But uh, for me, it was like really this mindset, that feeling like I wasn't good enough. I was never going to be good enough for this made me quit art all the time in the beginning. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. When I, uh, my, my, my father was actually a desktop publisher for the newspaper. So he was already into this graphic design world. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I was also already drawing and stuff. And I remember, I clearly remember, and I don't know if this is, this is like etched into my brain, but I clearly remember, you remember when you were in an um, elementary school and you had this certain kind of colored pencil called skin mm-hmm. color, but it was always this <laughs> weird salmon pink. Yeah. I remember because I was the only Asian girl in the whole school. And I remember asking uh, to my teacher if they have a color pencil in my skin color <laughs> or, or a color pencil in my actual skin color. And she gave me yellow, which was really, really weird. And somehow it's, it got etched into my brain, but all my, all my elementary school drawings, whenever I had to draw myself or humans in general, they were all yellow. <laughs> and I think that is where my... I don't know, creative mind started. Like, it wasn't really right, you know? And I always said... You look at these these drawings and you're like, is this right? Is this right? It's so weird. Is this how the world world looks like? Why is this skin color so weirdly pink? 
it was so weird. And then I remember that I always told my mom that when I grow up, I want to be an artist and I want to create, I want to create all type of skin color pencils. I remember really clearing that. I just remember clearly saying that to my mom. And I always said, I want to be an artist. I want to be an artist. And my dad, of course, was super proud because he is in this world. So um, when it was 2016, I think, I actually enrolled into Graafisysteem um, Utrecht, which is a graphic design school or is an art school. And they have multiple courses. They have desktop publishing, graphic design, multimedia, even gaming design, which was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And... I had the support system where I could just live my dream of becoming an artist. And I got my degrees and then recession hit and no one wanted to hire me. No one wanted to have uh, a a recently, uh, basically a student. They wanted to have young people who had 20 years of experience (laughs) because they, they have a lot of experience. They don't, costs a lot of money so that is what I wanted but that is not what I had so it was a real struggle get finding a job in my field and then because I I needed to have money I started working in a warehouse uh, temporarily and that temporarily turned into almost 10 years yeah and in that time I started losing um, my love for art, my love for colors, my love for creating, because somehow they got to me and I thought, you know, a career in art, maybe it's just a dream, maybe it's just a hobby. I need to be serious right now. I want to get married. I want to have children. I need to be serious. I'm going to focus on my career. I'm going back to school. Uh, for a higher education in uh, data analysis and big data, which is I still think is mm-hmm. pretty interesting, but it's definitely not art. <laughs> and I'm going to do that. And I accept, okay, art is just a hobby. And I recently came across a story uh, memory on Facebook where I actually announced that. And it actually hurts. <laughs> yeah, reading because it back. Reading it back, it actually hurts. And now, now because... I, I found my love for art again and I quit that job to fully focus on art, on paint making. And just like you, I have a great support system. Uh, my mom invested in, in, in me to, to actually live my dream and she likes to see me super happy and my husband supports me in this. My whole family supports me in this. And looking back at that, back at that story, it just breaks my heart that I ever got to a point so low where I thought art is just a hobby. It's just a dream. Am I never going to do it again? And that's actually, yeah, that's actually something that that like really uh, reminds me of. So when I didn't want to do art, uh, so back when I was in high school, uh, I told you that I didn't believe art was like a viable career path yeah but I still wanted to make I was really into manga and anime and stuff Mm. so I really wanted to make my own manga but then I had in my mind like okay but being a manga artist is not a real job so what if I'm going to study Japanology Japanology is that the word (laughs) 
What if I'm going to study Japan studies and then maybe I can give Japanese lessons and oh, then yes. I can make my own manga and then I can do it in Japanese. That is cool. So this was my mindset. But then, cool. but then everybody around me was like, you know, there's like one job in Japanologies in the whole Netherlands. Like you can give Japanese lessons and that's about it. That's like the only job there is. So... At a certain point, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I'm, and I guess I'm good with computers and stuff. So I'm going to be a data engineer. Mm-hmm. So I went to the university uh, for data science, which is why I live in Tilburg right, na- right now, because oh, it's half yeah. in Tilburg and half in Eindhoven. And everybody around me was so happy for me. Everybody Mm. around me was so happy that I gave up on my stupid dream to become an artist and that I finally started doing something with my brains because I was like a really smart person. And they were like my boyfriend that I had at the time was really pushing me to go do data science. And I mean, at the point I was telling everyone that that was what I wanted because I don't know, I more believed that that was the right path for me and that I truly believed that I couldn't do art. Oh, this really breaks my heart. So that was what I was going to do. And then I was studying data uh, science and I was like, man, this makes me so miserable. (laughs) Like sitting behind the computer (laughs) and looking at lists and numbers. Yeah. And And writing all this code. (laughs) Oh my God, the code. (laughs) They're still haunting me. And I was um, like, I also had this this problem that I used to be very, very smart. And I'm going to say used to be. Uh, because I almost I had wanted le- to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be, I'm going to say used to be because I had like an, uh, uh, before I went to that data science university, I had an accident where I fell off my bike and Ooh. I fell on my head and I actually gained like probably permanent head damage. No. And then the year after I went to the university and I was like really struggling with myself because I felt like my worth had become less because I had become dumber. I couldn't concentrate that well anymore. I still cannot concentrate that well. I still get distracted very easily. I uh, didn't get things as quickly as I used to Mm -hmm. before. Uh, So I really felt like this accident that happened to me made me uh, lose whatever future I had. Jeez. So that was something I was really struggling with. And then I started making art as like a a, a escape from reality. Mm -hmm. Like I started procrastinating my, my uh, studies because I felt like I, no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't really do that anymore. Uh, which probably also was like I started doing the university the year after I had the accident. I probably was still healing. Uh, oh. But I started doing art and I was like, hey, I can still draw. I can still really have fun with this. Maybe it's meant to be. Maybe I just fell on my head and now I cannot do this anymore. That's a sign. I need to do art. <laughs> so oh. I just saw it in that way. <laughs> Well, good, good. Oh my gosh, that must be really hard. It's like your body is failing you. 
Yeah, and it's like, because of course everybody is born with different skills and different yeah. intelligence and, and some people are really good at math. And I told myself I was really good with numbers and really good in, in studying and learning. So I felt like that was what I had to do. And then suddenly I couldn't do that anymore. Um, yeah but so on one side it was really rough because I really felt like I had become less of a person Mm -hmm. or like I think I think before I also felt like I was incredible and then at that point I didn't feel like I was incredible anymore so I felt really bad I felt really bad about myself and then I started doing art and in art there's of course there is some sort of skill, but there is also really like not everything you're doing is right or wrong. And yes. Uh, it's also really clear that you're just uh, growing and learning and experimenting. And if you look back at your art from a year ago, you'll see how different it is. Definitely. And, and it's not always necessarily better. But it is like you're you're growing as a person and your uh, taste changes. And it's just so, so interesting to see Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I was doing that a lot and starting to get like, that was sort of the beginning when I started to take art seriously. And especially in the beginning, you're making such big steps of growth and you're, you're just learning so much. Uh, So fun fact, actually, one of the reasons I thought I couldn't be an artist was because I tried drawing eight hours a day and I figured out that I couldn't draw eight hours a day and therefore I was not an artist. That is so cute. That is so cute. (laughs) But that was literally what was going on in my mind. Yeah, you thought being an artist was literally drawing all day. Yeah. And then yeah. when you figure out that's not true, you can actually be an artist and not draw eight hours a day. You actually you have can to be an artist and draw a whole day not. Yeah. But then when I was little, I would see that as a failure, like you're not drawing a whole day. Oh, do you think that if you didn't have the accident, you would still pursue art at one point? Uh, probably, probably. Yeah. I think... But I think that if I could do the university like without struggle, I definitely would have finished it. You would finish it first, yeah. Yeah, because I do feel like I'm a person that if something is really, really hard for me, Mm -hmm. then it's really difficult for me to continue doing it. Yeah. And that's what I had with with the university, because the university was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could probably have finished it if I put in like a lot of effort. But um, because it was really hard for me, I didn't want to continue it. Yeah, but that's understandable. I mean, why go to the str- through the struggle? Yeah, and now you think about it because I chose to become an artist. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like becoming an artist is the easy pa- path in life? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard, especially especially the thing that you've been struggling a, a lot of your life is the, the, the judgment of others. 
mm-hmm. I still have people around me, you know, usually family who, who I don't see a lot, so that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking of it as a hobby, and they don't understand how you can earn money from your art or from the paint I make, because they have a vision of what art is or what illustrations is of what what paints are and they are like well i could just download a, a picture from google and just print it out and have my own mm-hmm. art yay but that is not how it works i mean and i already i always explained to them how does that picture come up to google who made that picture yeah. who designed it yes you can download a picture of i don't know i don't care mickey mouse of google print it out, cut it out in like a little bookmark shape and you have your own bookmark. That's great. If that makes you happy, that's great. But someone had to make Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And someone had to put the whole the whole story around Mickey Mouse. And that is that is art. But, you know, the judgment of others, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to before, but it still hurts somehow. Because I feel like artists are the most underappreciated people in the world mm-hmm. oh no not not in not maybe not the most underappreciated but people just don't realize how hard it is and how big the competition is and how having your own style is important but also having a lot of people who don't love your style yeah and i think that was like something that i struggled with a lot when i just started making art seriously is that I took everyone's uh, opinion as equally important. Yeah, me too. And so there would be a lot of people, and especially like I, when I got back into art, I still, because I used to be really into manga and anime, mm-hmm. manga and anime was a huge influence in how my art style looked at that moment. I think mm-hmm. you can still see it in my work, but back then... It was even more obvious. Oh, really? And, uh, I was already at a point where I didn't like manga and anime anymore. Um, not that there's anything wrong with liking an anime, but I had just like, for me, it was not something that I enjoyed anymore. And then my art style was still looking like manga oh, and anime. Yes. And, and I was like really frustrated with my own art style. And then there would be people that talked to me about my art and they were like, yeah, I really don't like how it looks like manga. Can you just draw something else than manga? People and said I that? Was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part of trying to develop your, your own style because manga is a style, but you want to have mm-hmm. your own style. And I think you really accomplished it already in having your own style. Um, but if people are going to compare it with what they know that it is, it's it's hard, especially mm-hmm. that people always have an opinion anyway. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that, that are going to have different opinions about how you should uh, work on your art career. And then uh, some people will tell you like, oh, um, making a comic or making a manga isn't something you can focus on. You know where the money lies? It's in big paintings. You should do big abstract paintings. Mm. And then some people will be like, okay, but you know what's what's really going to make you money uh, if you do like commercial illustrations for like news articles and stuff? 
Um, and I mean, there is Ronnie in that, but then there is Definitely. like so, there is so much. There are so many different types of illustration that you can focus on, and if you pick one way to go, people will have like so much to say about that. And then if you go another way, you'll have like a lot of different things that people will say. I've heard like people that went into the game business. Like the game business is very competitive. And you'll really have to learn how to uh, draw things realistically, like believable. So I've heard people say that the first four years of you trying to make it as an artist, you shouldn't play. You only should do studies for four years long for at least five hours every day. I've heard people huh? say this. Really? And then Why? if I think about that advice and that may be like an advice if you want to get big really quick and get into triple A game design things, maybe that's needed. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not in that business. But if you think about like making picture books or making uh your prints or making like a story or other art things not experimenting sounds like a really bad idea i think everyone should experiment a lot (laughs) i also think that telling people that you aren't allowed to draw your own things and have fun for four years is not really good advice no definitely not That is terrible, terrible advice. So when I started out, like in 2018, um, when I started taking art seriously, I really had the mindset that I needed to become better. Uh, So I studied and studied and studied. I did like the whole day, every day. I did so many figure drawings. I broke things down. And then after a year or two, I figured out that I couldn't draw my own stuff. Like, I could only do studies. I had become so good in studies. And whenever I drew something out of my own head or wanted to make something with color, it was really hard because I had never done that before. I have the same struggle right now. I always paint from references, especially Mm -hmm. like I love botanical paintings and I love painting birds, uh, which is hard. um, But I love to do the studies. But whenever I'm... Challenging myself, I'm like, okay, today I'm going to paint an owl just from my own memory. Just from, I know how an owl looks like. I'm going to do that. It looks nothing like it. It's hard. It is yeah. really, really, really hard. And I always, not really envy, but I, I am always in awe of people who can do that. Just like, I see your stories when you're sitting in a cafe with your cup of coffee and then you're like sketching Doggo in different styles and so cute in different positions. I'm like, holy shit, she just does, She just goes like out of the top of her head. That is awesome. I want to do that. And then they are just, for you, that maybe they're just basic sketches. But to me, to the viewer, it's like, wow, this is really, really good. I really, really love that. And I, I want to be should, able to do that too. <laughs> I should definitely show you some pictures of like my dog drawings of last year. Because... I definitely want to see those. In the the first uh, few drawings that I've made of of, like the first few years that I was seriously drawing, I only drew people. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, I 
uh, wanted to get better in environments, but I haven't really done that many environments yet. But then I wanted to draw like a, a character with a cat. And then I realized I really sucked at drawing cats. And then I started drawing all kinds of animals a lot. And mm. then the, just these these first like five sketchbooks where, where I drew more animals, they just looked horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must be really, really hard to get out of that um, uh, study mindset, reference mindset to actually free drawing. I think I can actually, I think we can um, screen share. And I have kept like all of my old art that I shared. I'm, I'm trying to not delete anything on my Instagram because I want people to be able to scroll all the way back and see my horrible art. <laughs> I, I think that's I motivational. That. Sometimes I see a really good artist and I scroll all the way to the bottom to see where they came from. <laughs> and then you have some accounts that everything is perfect, even at the yeah. bottom. <laughs> and then you just feel like terrible. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm scrolling down, but it, it's taking a really long time because I have so many posts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. It's it's nice to have such a filled up Instagram. Now I'm going through the, the section where I only posted palettes because I felt like people only wanted to see my palettes. <laughs> I had the same issue. I started my account uh, as an art account, but when I started making paint, I own, I solely uploaded my paints and my progress and my swatches. Mm -hmm. So at the bottom you had all these uh, art pieces and then suddenly poof, it's only paint. And I lost a lot of followers. And then I started to uh, gain followers who are more interested to paint. And then I was stressed about all the artwork at the bottom of my page. So I archived them. I didn't delete them, but I archived them mm -hmm. so I can see them, but they don't. But now, like a couple of months ago, I was in a struggle where like, I want to paint more and I want to upload it. I want to show you, I want to show the world because it will um, help me get over that fear of what other people think about my art. But I don't fit, I don't think um, it fits on my paint making account anymore. So I created mm -hmm. a new page. <laughs> I just created yeah. a new page. Yeah, I was also having that struggle. I'm, I'm trying to share my screen. I don't know if you can see oh, it. Oh, I see it. Okay, so oh, this, is not, this is not all the way back yet, uh, but I'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, so I, my account actually used to be like only fabric art, like uh, knitting and crocheting and stuff. Really? Yeah, and I had like two, 280 followers. Mm -hmm. And then I started to share my, uh, my art And then for two whole years, I just was stuck at that 280 mark because really? I would I would lose like 10 followers and then I would gain 10 followers for my art. So so for, for two years, I was like posting my art and I didn't gain any followers because I was just losing them and then gaining them back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, do okay, go. So, so this was... Uh, Oh, it doesn't actually show the date. Oh, here it no. shows the date. This is 2019. I can and already I, see that this is a different style than you have now. Yeah, really different. Totally different, this, yeah. This used to be my logo. This oh, has cute. like kind of an idea of... And here I can see I already practiced drawing 
uh, animals a lot. Yeah, I really like your animal drawings. But you can definitely see that like this is really different art. It is very, very different. I was actually could, at art school already here. I can see. This, can this is something I also did, did see, during my first year. Uh, which art school did you go to? Oh, and this is the end of the page. Look, there is like oh, yeah, one little, little snippet of my uh, textile arts. Oh, yeah. And then this is like the first cat drawing that I was really proud of. Oh, it is cute. And if I look at it now, I'm like, I'm sure I can do way, way better than this. Of course, but it is still cute. But it's still not bad. I, I can yeah. still look at it and say that I know why I was very proud of this. This is uh, 2018, so the year that I started taking drawing seriously. And you were accepted into art school. Which art school did you end? So I went to uh, Sint Joost. Oh yeah, I know uh, that. In Zetterenbos. Mm-hmm. And I only did it for like one and a half year because during uh, March 2020, I quit. Really? Yeah. Wait, March so, 2020, that's when COVID hit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I quit like one week before everything shut down. Um, I was already not really happy at the art school. It doesn't didn't really feel like it fit me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was not happy with the quality of the art lessons. Mm. And then we got like a message that saying that everything would be online. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so, so I quit. I actually applied for another art school. I think I told you this, right? That I applied for uh, HKU, the Utrecht no. art school. Yeah, I, um, I know. I applied there too. I applied this year to go there next year. Oh, really? Yeah. But I'm not sure if I'm going to, because of course I have Doko. And uh, then Tom needs to find a job because we cannot survive on Duo alone. Yeah. And if Tom needs to get a job and I'll be at then art Doko is all day, alone. then Doko is alone. So I'm not sure if I'm going. Um, they did say that maybe I can like not take all the classes because I've already followed an art school. So maybe something like art history, I don't have to take it. Um, but I'm still thinking about it. So I did the application. I got accepted. <laughs> Congratulations. So I, do, so, so I do know that if I want to go there. You are good I enough go to be accepted. Yeah. That is already, that's already a huge step in my book. Because I know a lot of my uh, ex-classmates when we were finished in graphic design. Uh, they apply apply to ha- HKU, uh, mm-hmm. and they I don't know if it's still like that, but back then uh, first you had to be accepted, and then there was like this they have to pick you. Like they mm-hmm. accepted a lot of people, but they didn't have place for everyone, so they just picked a certain amount of people. And a lot of my ex classmates just didn't didn't yeah. get accepted. So I for sure th- thought I wasn't accepted because there's like the, the pre-selection you have to go through where yes, you have to make a, 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 like you get your assessment, an ass- assignment that you have to do at home. You have to make your portfolio uh, and you have to like uh, answer a whole bunch of questions. Mm. And then you send that over and then I got a mail. Okay, we've looked at your portfolio and at your assignment you have to come to uh, the school on this day 
uh, and you'll have to bring your portfolio, your question list and your assignment. Mm-hmm. So I was the first one at the first day of uh, like questioning. So mm-hmm. for, for them, I was the very first one that came there. And then I arrived and they were like 10 minutes late. And so wow. I arrived there and, and they said like, oh yeah, you can, you can place all your work on the table. And I was like, work on the table. I didn't bring any work. I just have like my printed portfolio because I already applied that online and I have like my question list and I did bring my assignment that I made at home. So that was the only work that I had. And mm-hmm. I had one sketchbook with me. Mm-hmm. But apparently they meant with the word portfolio. They didn't mean the portfolio that I applied online. They meant like extra work for from home or something. So they were really disappointed that I didn't bring any extra work. <laughs> like they wanted to <laughs> they wanted you to bring all your other 20 sketchbooks. <laughs> I actually counted them. There there are 57. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe you should sell some. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So, so I was like, and then I was. They were really saying like, yeah, yeah, you want? Uh, I I look at your sketchbooks. I see a lot of creatures and animals. And um, do you do that on purpose or? Oh, and I, I was like, these kinds of questions. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I really like drawing animals, uh, and I use them a lot for sticker designs and stuff. I do want to figure out a way how to draw more people and maybe make comics. Uh, so I definitely don't want to draw only animals, but they are like a really safe place for me. And then the person was like, yeah, I I can really see that. Um, I do think you want to quit doing that decorative arts like, uh, don't you? And, and I was like, I, was, I felt so bad. I was like sitting after the talk and I was like flipping through my sketchbook. And I was like, they make you feel so <laughs> bad. I remember this so clearly. I remember this so clearly. I remember in art school when every choice you made, every choice, every line thickness, the colors, everything had to be, it has to have a reason. And Mm -hmm. if you, like, for example, you like the color pink. Great. You like the color pink. So you choose pink. But if when they ask you, why did you choose the color pink? Well, I like the color pink. No, that's not good enough. It has to have a whole elaborate story about it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. pink is feminine and this and that and freedom and blah, blah, blah. Only then you got a good grade. There was this there was this classmate of mine. He made this art, art piece in like five minutes because he, he forgot we had homework. And it was mm-hmm. just a, a red dot on a blank canvas. Nothing more. Yeah. That, that was it. It was like the Japanese flag. And but but when he had to pres- you know present his artwork, he had this whole story about uh, about individuality and strength and and about power because red is powerful and this is the individual who stands into this to this in, in, in this society and blah blah blah. And the teachers were like, "Wow, that's good." <laughs> 
And then you but spent then like hours and hours. I spent hours and hours on my artwork. And it was like, why did you choose this? Why did you put that there? Why did you do this? And then it made you feel so incredibly uh, insecure about your own artwork. And when I look at it, I don't even look at my portfolio from back then. Because every time I look at it, I only hear the words of my teachers. That it's bad. That are bad choices. And um, all these other negative associations I have with them. It is terrible. And it really hurts that they still do this. Like how dare they tell you. like, Oh you want to quit this decorative style. No I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I definitely think that. If I look at my artwork back then. I, I really felt like. Other people. Knew everything better than I did. Yeah. Uh, so I would listen to everyone. And yeah. then at a certain point, I looked at the things that I made for school and I would look at them and think like, this is not what I want to make. Uh, yeah. Because every, I, I, at, like, it's partly it's good to let other people influence you because you can learn a lot from them. Sure. And you can get a lot of inspiration from them. But I also think like, uh, I just remember very clearly that somebody at art school told me, oh, you're, you're so good at like really creepy stuff. You really should make like really creepy drawings. Creepy? creepy yes. Creepy, cute style is really what you excel at. And I would love to see you make more of this stuff. And then I made more of that stuff. And then at a certain point I was like, okay, but I, I do not... Um, I do not like this. I do not like to see other people make this kind of stuff. This is not what I enjoy. So, and then my my style had changed because of this assignment and because of the feedback that I got. And it wasn't something that I, and I still felt like I had to please other people. Yeah. And then I didn't enjoy drawing anymore because I didn't yes. like anything I made. That is super rough. Do you still have that with your ceramics? Like you you did a lot of moon palettes and you did some cloud palettes and you experimented with different shapes. But do you have like feedback of other people being like, you know what? You should do uh, sun palettes or I like triangle shapes. You should make triangle shapes because I like triangle shapes. So in the beginning, I had this a lot. Just checking what Doggo is do doing. <laughs> Just walking around. May I thought maybe he wanted to go like to the other room and I had to open the door. Oh, yeah. Just uh, finding a new spot to lay down. Uh, so in the beginning, when I just started out, I would get like a lot of comments of people wanting to commission me. And because I, oh, back yeah. then, I was like accepting everything. And then I would get drawings from people. They would say like, oh, I want this and this. Or, oh, I want uh, a sun, or oh, I want, I want uh, shaped in the mushroom, in the mushroom, or, and at the beginning, I, I made a lot of these things. And then sometimes I would, like, a lot of the ideas were quite good, but sometimes I would make something and I would really feel like, Oh man, I do not like this at all. Am I going to sell this to this person? And then they would be really happy with it. 
But I well, have made that's something. <laughs> yeah, so it's good that they still like to commission. It's good that they liked it, but if you didn't enjoy making it. Yeah, so that's something that I used to do in the beginning a lot. Uh, nowadays, I don't get that many questions to make certain palettes for people anymore. Also, because I have been saying no to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> good. Say no in once in a while. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I did have that a lot with my palettes. And I do have still have a feeling that I need to make moon palettes because everybody wants to see moon palettes. Uh, but I'm trying to also give myself for permission to make what I want to make. So I think there yeah. needs to be... So I don't think there is necessarily something wrong with making art for others. But you also need to be really... You really need to look at yourself... And tell yourself it's also okay to make art for you. I definitely agree. Especially if you need to pay the bills from mm -hmm. your artwork. Of course you will have to make uh, artwork or, or in your case palettes that you, you just know are going to sell. These moon palettes yeah. you know they will sell. Good. But it's also important to give you exactly what you say. Give yourself room and permission to make something that you really, really enjoy and experiment with new shapes. And if they sell, that's great. And if they don't, then they don't. And I think that's also something not only about your business, but if you look at the art that we make as beginners, uh, maybe if you make something that you really know is going to do well on Instagram. For example, pretty girls. Pretty girls always do well on Instagram. They always do well. And it's fine if you want to make art that does well for Instagram. Because sure. it makes you feel better and you want to grow your channel. Yeah. But it can, be, it can become a problem if you're only going to make work for Instagram. Because you feel like that's the only art that other people like. Yeah. It's also really important to allow yourself to make the work that you want to explore and that you like. Because it will help you grow so much as an artist. And figure out the things that are important for you. And otherwise you'll become like an artist that can only draw pretty girls. And that yeah. can be pretty frustrating. That whenever you want to draw something else, it you cannot do it. Because you've only practiced drawing pretty girls. Especially that. And if you do uh, draw something else in pretty girls. And you upload it. And you see your like count and your engagement dropping. That yeah. really, really drags you down. And then you think, okay, the only thing I'm good at is drawing girls, and that is it. I'm trying to, because you said before that you changed, uh, that you just made a new account for your art. Yeah. Uh, because you really feel like, uh, for example, if you look at my account, I don't have a different account for my art. I don't have a different no. account for my palettes. I have been thinking about it. Because I really felt like whenever I uploaded a picture of a drawing, I would get like a tenth of the engagement of my pictures of my ceramics. Yeah. And I really had to get like used to make peace with the fact that whenever I upload an illustration, it will get less likes than my ceramic artwork. Yeah. And this can be really hard, but also like you, it, it's something you need to learn. You need to learn to accept that 
it is still worth making what you want to make, even oh, though definitely. you might not get the validation of others. Yes. So I yeah, that's that. it's yeah, it's really it's really difficult. It's also with YouTube. Like I will make a video that I am really proud of, and then I upload it and it gets like 20 views. Oh my gosh, it's the same with reels. Like if I am desperate and I just grab some old footage, put a nice music under it, some some effects and it, it goes viral. And when I really put the work in it, it only gets like maybe a thousand views or something. It's 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 exactly like that. But I think it's important just to upload whatever the hell you want. Um, and I think it's really great that you you mix your palette work and your artwork on the same account. But for me, it was more like... Mm -hmm. uh, I made... I, I made my hobby my job. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm thinking... I'm I'm always busy with making paint. I'm always on Instagram trying to promote, trying to engage, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I need a separate hobby. <laughs> yeah. So that is why, that's also why I give myself permission to just, I created this account where I can unapologetic upload, dump everything I draw or I sketch or I paint without me having to worry about what other people think and if they are interested and the like count and the and the engagement and the unfollowers or the followers because mm -hmm. this account that I created is just that's why I created with this intention I created yeah. it. It's just a dump. It's a place where I can unapologetic upload it. I don't have to be worried about the aesthetic of the chat of, of, of the aesthetic of the page and how it looks and the product photography. I just want a place where I can dump this all. And if there are people interested, that is great. I'm very happy. And if uh, people are not interested, then they don't have to follow. <laughs> yeah, and then it's also really good that it's like for yourself because you exactly can look, you can look back at it and it's like this this collection of your artwork. Yeah. That you can see your growth. Like what I just showed you right now that I can scroll I back love all seeing the way. It. Yeah. <laughs> and that you can see, oh my God, it's so different. I absolutely love seeing that. And I also feel like um, with with illustration, because of course I have my, my Instagram account and I share both my illustration and my palettes. Uh, and then there's illustration that I make for business and mm -hmm. illustration that I make for myself. And uh, that, that, that's what you just said, that, that you had your business, which was your yeah. paint, where you had it on one account. Yeah. But you also needed a hobby and something that made you really happy. I think that's something that a lot of people get stuck in. Yeah. That you start to make everything for your business because you want, yes. to become an, you want to become an artist. You want to become like uh, successful in your art career. But you also need to realize that like art was something that you started because you really liked it. Yeah. And if you're just only making stuff to become good or to uh, sell it, then you've kind of lost the reason why you exactly. started doing it. Yeah. And that is a very thin line. You can cross it very easily. Yeah. And uh, there is also there are also ways to make money with your art and to sell your illustrations 
while you're still enjoying it. But there are also a lot of ways where you can get really deep into production mode and you're actually not enjoying it at all. And maybe you only realize that after you've been doing it for weeks. Yeah, so definitely. And I think that is that is one of the things that if you go if you go paint with the intention just to have fun, just to enjoy your process, if the outcome is absolutely amazing and you feel like okay, this could be these could be stickers. Simple example, these mm-hmm. could be stickers, these could sell, then it's great because you made a product and you you made it where you're actually with not that intention to sell it because I feel like whenever I want to force myself to create a color because moody, super granulating stuff is really in right now. It's what people want. Uh, so you kind of feel the pressure of making super moody, granulating colors. And that's great. But um, if you're forcing yourself to make it just for the sales and eventually it sells good, but every time you need to make that paint, you're like, oh, it's just, I don't really like this color, blah, 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 blah. It's a struggle and it takes, it looks a lot longer to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's a super struggle. So when uh, Noah was born and I went back into into work, I decided for myself, I'm only going to make colors that I absolutely love. And if people are going to suggest, oh, I want pastel colors or I want neon, I hate neon colors. (laughs) And if they want neon colors, I'm happy to send you off to another paint maker to buy their neon colors because I'm not going to make them. I'm not going to make them because people want to. Like shimmers. I love shimmers. There are are certain kind of shimmers that I sell because I absolutely love them. Um, But if they want super shifters, if they want uh, rose gold colored shifters, I just send them to Claire. Just have fun. Look at there. She has a lot of colors. She she makes amazing stuff. That's what I have with with palettes. Sometimes people want something uh, like a certain shape of mine and and I'm just like, okay, I don't want to do this. Go look at this other palette maker. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy to suggest you, you know, the competition. Oh, that's an actually a very interesting topic. Maybe for another time, yeah. the uh, the f- the friends over composi- uh, competition thing, because that is a very interesting topic that I know a lot of people either love and a lot of people really hate. I actually had like a, a customer who bought a lot for me, and I actually made a few commissions for her. And uh, she, at a certain point, she asked me to do like a certain type of palette. And I declined her a couple of times because I didn't want to make that kind of palette. And then at a certain point, she started making her own and now she's competition. But she's also a friend. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, that is that is, that is is the thing. <laughs> like, what you going to do? You lost the yeah. customer, but, I, but, I have, but I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's a um, very interesting topic. I, I also wanted to uh, say a little bit about the topic that we were talking about, about like being a beginner and stuff. Mm-hmm. What I do think is that uh, we've been talking about when you make stuff to sell. Yeah, I think one of the very good things about being a beginner is that you know that your stuff is not good enough for selling. Yeah. And it can be frustrating, but it can also be a really good thing. Because you can just focus on 
improving, on enjoying, on just making the art. And you'll never have to think about this is something that I'm going to sell. And I know that when I was starting out, I was really getting frustrated with, oh, I want to become an artist. I need to make money. I need to get Mm -hmm. good enough in order that I can sell stuff. But on the other end, it's also a very good thing that you are not good enough to sell stuff because you can just... You you don't have to worry about it. You can just be, yeah. I love it. I remember... Actually, I I was never planning on selling my paints. It's just when I started making them, I was making them for myself. And whenever Mm -hmm. whatever I had left over, because you can never make paint for one pan. You always have more. Uh, The intention of me starting my Etsy shop was like, whenever whatever I have left over, I just sell. Yeah. And that suddenly grew. And I knew it wasn't the quality that I do, that I have now. And looking back, it was like, oh my God, it's so, how did people buy this? And I still to this day get comments from customers I got back then. They still love my paints and they like, oh, I remember buying your first color, blah, 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 blah. It's also very humbling. (laughs) Being a beginner, I think being a a beginner artist or maker is such a wonderful time. Yes, it, it, of course, it can be very frustrating, but it's also very it's like you're floating on the, on this cloud and you've got all these all these creative ideas that you want to work with and then you know they either work or they don't. <laughs> yeah. And you get to meet all these new people and all these other artists and other makers and you start talking and then you suddenly you're part of this little community I think we're both part of. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And whenever I see a a paint maker or an artist especially when they're from the Netherlands and I see they're like upcoming, but they don't know a lot of people that, and they start to DM and very sweet asking questions like, Oh, can you help me figure out this and this <laughs> and that and that? I always help them because I think, yeah. you know, they're, they're just beginning. They don't have the tools or they don't have the knowledge yet. I do have this knowledge. Let's just share it because this beginning stage is so great. And it's wonderful if you have, people who support you and if i can support you just by giving you advice on where i bought a certain pigment then of course i will share it with you i actually had like somebody who asked for my permission because she wanted to start selling ceramic pellets but she wanted to make them in the form of ravens in like something uh, very that was very mature something that i wouldn't do but she was like oh yeah i i got really inspired by your palettes and oh. i really wanted to make my own palettes and now i started making them but now i have so many and people have been asking me f- to sell them are you okay if i start selling my palettes that is and so I was like, sweet yeah of course like i'm it's awesome and if you want tips i'll help you i also have a youtube video how i make my palettes go and learn from it (laughs) that is so wonderful and i think in the in the beginning i was like really uh like when i just started selling palettes i would get very frustrated whenever a this is more on the topic of like competition versus friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like very frustrated whenever a new ceramic artist would pop up in Europe because then I would lo- lose customers or something. Uh, but it's also actually 
kind of nice if you can just create and not worry too much about that. Definitely. Because if you're getting like so aggressive whenever other people, it's also not good for your mental health, you know? No. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Especially, I think there are a lot of pain makers here in the Netherlands. Somehow, Mm -hmm. I I don't know why, there are just so many Yeah, there are a lot. Yeah. And whenever I saw people buying from other makers that recently bought with me, I had that same feeling like, oh, they are going to that maker now and blah, blah, blah. But I found out that your customers are actually very loyal. And yes, they buy from other makers, but they still buy from you. They have, some have this whole collection of paints solely from like sorted out. This is paints from this paint maker. And these are paints from that paint maker. And these are so amazing to see. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, welcome. Come, come join our little <laughs> paint making army. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're uh, somebody who's listening to this podcast and you were doubting whether you wanted to make paints and or palettes mm. and you need some help st- like mm. s- starting out and, and you're not sure how to get in the community, you can just... Uh, I, I would advise to just start, get into yes. the rabbit hole of learning about it, uh, have fun with it, remember yes. to have fun. You are going to make mistakes. That's how it goes. You will learn from them. And if you uh, send a message to a paint maker or palette maker and they act very rudely, it's not you, it's them. It's not you, it's definitely them. But also do not be that blunt to ask for recipes written out because (laughs) you're not getting them. (laughs) I'm also not sharing my recipes, but I can give you all other tips and how to make your own binder and but the thing is we don't share our recipes because every recipe is different and it might be why your paints are uh more lovely than maybe another paint maker and that is totally fine um but the most fun part of creating paint is the experimenting is finding your recipe is finding your ratios i think i have a i have a set recipe and it changes every year because I develop mm-hmm. and I find something else. I started out with clove oil. I got headaches from that. Let's research other oils who does the, who do the same, but I don't get a headache of it. You know, those kinds of things. And um, so if you're just starting out, Google is your best friend and we are your best friend. <laughs> but you yeah, also have also, to do some work yourself. Yeah, also like uh, I think that asking for a recipe is like, Hey, are you okay if I trace your picture picture and upload it as mine? <laughs> exactly. That is exactly the same thing. <laughs> and I know I'm, there I'm, are a lot of artists who do share their recipes. And I think that's totally great. And that's fine. And I'm happy to send you off to them. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's like, um, I'm totally okay with other people wanting to create palettes. I'm okay with other people wanting to create moon palettes. Uh, I'm not okay with people directly making the palettes that I've been making. Right, just an exact copy. And I do that think is, that that tough. a lot that some of my palettes are very basic. If you look at like the square palettes that you've been filling, mm-hmm. um, those are very basic. If people make square palettes with four holes in them, then That's I won't fine. be then I won't be attacking them for hey, you're stealing my stuff. No. But if there's just like multiple people doing the same floral designs on their palette that I've been doing or doing like the same carving that I've been doing, then that's that's maybe not 
But that's also no, a whole other topic. Okay, how do you think we've stayed on topic this uh, podcast? Like, um, uh, rate it uh, one out of ten. Seven. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a six and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's just when we start talking, I've got this, all these new yeah. topic ideas. Like when you when you just talked about if somebody else makes this square palette, I'm like, ooh, that's an interesting topic for next time. You know, the the copying in our little community because there's a lot of copying going on, but a lot of it is intentional and how people deal with it. Yeah, definitely. That's, so That's really interesting. I think we have to like, if I look at the time that we've been recording, it's been like over an hour. So for this podcast, we should like close it off. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I made, there's this list next to us, us with like 25 other topics that we are going to talk I about. I had such a lovely time. And I think this is a great start um, of the podcast and, you know, finding new topics to talk about. Hey. And if you have some ideas, like not, not Izzy, but you, the, the watcher, listener, you, if you <laughs> have some ideas for what you want to hear us talk about, uh, if and also if you just liked it or want to leave a comment or whatever, definitely Please let do. us know. We, we love to hear from you. And uh, we'll uh, figure out what we'll do for the next podcast and we'll hope you'll be there with us. Yeah, I had a lot, a lot of fun. Well, and it I was hope, a lot of I fun. Ho- I hope you, the listener or watcher, also had a lot of fun. Maybe you did some chores around the house. Maybe you made some paint. Maybe you drew. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you find it very inspirational. And uh, we'll hope to see you in the next one. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.